Remember how people thought about you? When they saw you in bondage and sin, and all of a sudden, man, you're happy, you got joy, things are happening different in your life, and they'll stand back and say, you know what? Something happened. Jesus touched our lives. And through that, people come to know Christ. As you stand in that miracle of being born again of the Holy Spirit. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Roll Reese in Diamond Bar, California. It's good to have you with us today as we continue our series in the book of Acts. Today, Roll will challenge us to follow in the bold footsteps of Peter and John, two former fishermen who courageously shared the gospel and stood firm in the face of intimidating opposition. We hope you'll stay with us to see that when others discredit or mock you for your faith, you can seek the Holy Spirit's wisdom and strength. Here's Raul Reese now with today's message. Well, if you have your Bible, turn to Acts chapter 4. Let me begin by going back to chapter 3 for a second, because we have to understand that uh, when we did chapter 3 last week, we find that uh, Peter and John are caught in a situation where they are, uh, are going to heal someone. Let me begin in chapter 3. Stay right there in chapter 4. He says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple of the hour of prayer, which was the ninth hour, nine in the morning. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which was called Beautiful to ask for alms from those who enter the temple. Now, Peter and John, they went down to this place where this young man was carried since he was born, he was crippled. And somehow he saw Peter and John and he was asking for alms. And Peter said to him, look at it, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And of course, Peter and John, they were just totally blown away because what happens, he goes through the whole thing where he's healed, he stands up, he walks, and then the Pharisees Christ and the Sadducees, they know that he's there for years, and all of a sudden they see him walking, and they start not only testing Peter and John, but they start downing and putting unbelief in their hearts. They should have known they were the spiritual leaders of that time. But they always were looking for something to get the disciples on. They wanted to destroy their faith. And that's what the book of Acts is about. He's setting the whole situation of healing people and giving the glory and the honor of these guys to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. But now in chapter 4, he starts again. We're continuing the story from chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. He says this, the opening statement. And now as they spoke... To the people, the priests, the captains, the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them. You notice, first of all, as he opens the chapter here, they is Peter and John. The people here, and the priests and the captain of the temple, the people were there to see, because they've heard about the miracles and the wonders. The leaders were there to destroy to destroy the miracle that was done by Peter and John. 
But you notice that in verse 1, you have the priest and the captain of the temple. The Sadducees. The Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. They were always questioning the resurrection. They didn't believe in angels. They were the doubters. They were the ones that would not only come along and try to destroy your faith. Where the Pharisees were kind of the spiritual guys that always wanted attention for themselves. Never wanted to give the glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. Never given the glory to God. But then he says this in verse 2. And being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from there. There is their problem. The problem is what they were preaching. The greatness of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. They were teaching the people and preaching to them Jesus, the one that resurrected from the dead. They didn't believe in the resurrection. They were totally devastated. Why would you want to teach about the resurrection when we really don't believe it, trying to convince the people about that there is a resurrection? That's why for me it's incredible to be a Christian. That I believe in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I believe that he died. I believe he rose again. And I believe he's coming back again. So we as Christians, because we've been born again of the Holy Spirit, and we believe in miracles, we believe in the Word of God, we believe that God can do whatever he wants to do in our lives. And here, Peter and John, they've seen the hand of God. They've seen this miracle in chapter 3. And now they're going to be accused. Now they're going to be persecuted. And they want to beat them. And eventually what they want to do is they want to kill them. People hate Christians. Especially when God is working in your life. And God is using you to do things like this. We always have to come to that place that he gets the glory, the honor. And not you or not me, but he gets the glory and the honor. And the disciples were just like that. Peter, James was the same way. They didn't want to get the recognition. If you remember on the other chapter 3, when these people began to give him the glory, say, wow, you know, you guys are doing such a great job, and began to worship him. Hey, listen, it's not us. The cripple, hey, it's not us, the crippled man. He says, in the name of Jesus Christ, this has happened to you, been healed. That's what John and Peter did. Constantly giving the glory and the honor to Jesus Christ. He goes on verse 3. And they laid hands on them. You see, they hated them. They laid hands on them. You know, I feel that for us as believers, that probably maybe one day they're going to lay hands on you, lay hands on me. Because of what we say, what we believe in. The miracles, the wonders, the giving to the Lord. And people coming to that place where they hate you and they want to kill you. They do it in other countries. They put people in prison. They kill people because they believe in Jesus. These religious leaders hated them because they were doing more for Jesus Christ than these guys had ever done for the people. And all they did is criticize. Looking how can we kill these guys. Verse 4. He says, however many, notice, Many of those who heard the word believed. The Holy Spirit working again. A number of the men came to be about 5,000. Remember the first one? 3,000 were saved. Now 
another 5,000 were saved. 5,000 people. To me, it's incredible that 5,000 people can get saved just at the same time. Just like that. The Holy Spirit, the way it works. But I think that not only the Holy Spirit, it was the message that they saw in Peter and John in watching what happened to this layman in chapter 3. And now these Pharisees and Sadducees are trying to come against Peter and John and trying to disqualify them by saying what you're doing is not right. There are no miracles. Trying to discredit Peter and John. There are no miracles. And yet... In verse 5 he says, And they came to pass on the next day that the rulers and the elders and the scribes. Notice the three people that are trying to destroy the work of God. And Peter and John, they were fishermen. They were reading. They were praying. They were not only coming to that place where they had total faith in Jesus Christ. And yet people were coming against them. Just like people come against you. Trying to disqualify your faith. Do you really believe that? Do you really think that God speaks to you as you read the Bible? And he does. But people don't really believe that. All you can do for such people, you pray for them. That's all you can do. is to pray for people like that. Because, verse 6, as well as Annas, the high priest, notice, Annas was the son-in-law of Caiaphas. Caiaphas, notice, the high priest, John of Alexander, unknown, as many as were of the family of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. So they're gathering in Jerusalem. Now they're going to try to come against John and Peter. They're going to come against them. Verse 7. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked them. So here they have them in the middle of the tribe. He says, by what power or what name have you done this miracle? They're questioning them. They don't believe. Okay, so tell us, how did you do it? How did you do concerning healing this man? And I love this verse 8. But Peter being filled with the Holy Spirit. He did not speak on his own. He waited for the Holy Spirit to come upon him. And then he spoke. He says, rulers and people and elders of Israel. These were the most intellectual and powerful in Israel. And what's really neat about this is that here, as he's being filled with the Holy Spirit, he's going to speak with power concerning what God has said in the kingdom of God and what God has done through these people, which are the disciples of Jesus Christ. And then he says, If we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man. Notice, a helpless man. By what means he has been made well? So again, here he said, okay, you guys, this is what's happened. Okay, what's your problem? He says in verse 10, let it be known to you all, not part, everyone, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whoa, slap in the face, whom God raised from the dead, By him, this man stands here before you healed, completely whole. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. 
It's our goal to help you nurture a strong, authentic faith, and we invite you to take advantage of our many resources, including Rawls' four-part study of the Holy Spirit. Call us at 800-634-9165 or visit somebodylovesyou.com. Now back to more of our study in Acts. Can you imagine how they must have felt standing there? And Peter gets up full of the Holy Spirit. He says, let it be known to you all, to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the power of the name of Christ, whom you crucified, stab, stab, stab these guys. You crucified him. Whom God again raised him from the dead. By him this man standing here before you hold. Jesus healed him. Jesus healed him. This is a true miracle. This really happened. It's not a lie. It's not something we're making up. Here he is. Look at him. He's walking 40 some years. He was begging for money. He couldn't walk. And look at him now. Hold. Now walking. And then I love verse 11. You should underline this verse. This is the stone which was rejected by the builders, by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Notice what he says here. You go back to Matthew chapter 16, verses 1 to 20. When they were up in Caesarea Philippi, the Lord asked Peter or the disciples, who do men say that I am? And so they stood there, and some said, well, some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you're one of the prophets. Some say you're this and that. And they said, well, who do you say that I am? And as they stood there, Peter stepped out and said, you are the son of the living God. And the Lord stood there and said, Peter, he says, this has not been revealed to you by anybody. This has been revealed to you by my father. He told you. He told you who I am. So the stone which was rejected by your builders, which has become the chief cornerstone, we see that. And then here it is. For the Catholics, for the Mormons, Jehovah Witnesses, for the heathens, he says, nor is there salvation in any other. Salvation, the gift of God. People ask all the time, well, how can I get into heaven? Well, you have to be saved. Well, how am I saved? Do I do works? No, it's not by works. It's by faith. He says, never is salvation in any other. So not in Buddha, not Krishna, not Muhammad, nobody. Under heaven, notice. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Underline that verse. And when you talk to people, it's right here. No salvation to anybody unless what? You have to come to Jesus Christ. You can be saved through Jesus Christ. Only through Jesus can salvation come. How? By faith. Remember when you came to know the Lord Jesus Christ, the salvation that he gave to you, a free gift of God. The free gift of God that we have even today. That so many people want to be saved, but they want to be saved by works. And we can't be saved by works. We're saved by faith. True faith brings true works. That's the way it works. And what's so cool is that in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, in verses 11 to 15, he says, One day 
we're going to stand. Second Corinthians five ten two says this. He says one day we're going to stand in the presence of the Lord, and there's going to be gold, silver, wood, hay, and stubble. He's going to take all of our works by faith. He's going to cast them into the fire, and whatever comes out of the fire, that will be your reward. That will be your reward. There will be people there that will receive no reward. Everything they did was not of any value. They'll be saved. They have nothing to show concerning salvation. Salvation is real. Salvation is given to us free by Jesus Christ. This is the reason Jesus Christ came and died on the cross to give us salvation freely, not by works. And why is it that people are always, always trying to be saved by works? I'll do this, I'll do that. And so when you come to that place and you're talking to people, they always, always want to bring forth works in order to be saved. And the works doesn't save anybody. It's faith. Faith in Jesus Christ. And then verse 13, he says, And now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, isn't that cool? The Holy Spirit gives you the boldness to speak. The boldness that Peter and John had, they perceived that they were uneducated. They didn't have a degree. They were blown away, the scribes and Pharisees and all these religious leaders. How in the world do they know so much when they haven't been to college? They were just a bunch of fishermen. And notice what else he says, uneducated and untrained men. They marveled. They couldn't believe it. He says, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. That's why they knew so much. They went to seminary for three years, the best seminary, Jesus teaching them. How about you and I? We're being taught the best with the word of God. We know the truth. We accepted the truth. We accepted Jesus Christ. And we are being educated by the word of God. So that as I am being educated by the word of God, then what I can do is not only know the scriptures, but I can come to that place and say, I know who my master is. I know who my savior is. He died for me on the cross and he gave me his Holy Spirit so that I can have the power to say no to sin. John and Peter knew that. He says again, verse 14, And seeing the men who had been healed standing with them. Can you imagine? He's standing with Peter, John. And they, the Sanhedrin, the 72 of the council, could say nothing against it. Notice they could not say one thing. The evidence was the power of healing on that young man. What could you say when they knew that he was crippled, but now he's not crippled? Remember how people thought about you? When they saw you in bondage and sin, and all of a sudden, man, you're happy, you got joy, things are happening different in your life, and they'll stand back and say, you know what? Something happened. Jesus touched our lives. And through that, people come to know Christ. As you stand in that miracle of being born again of the Holy Spirit, we need more in the church today of healing that God will heal so many people. To come to that knowledge, Lord, please heal each one of us. Then he says, verse 15. But when they had commanded them, now here they're threatening them. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, the 72, they confer among themselves. Saying, what shall we do with these men? I mean, we have them here, what are we going to do with them? 
For indeed, here it is, for indeed a notable miracle has happened. They stand back and say, well, you know what? It did happen. It has been done through them. You see, now they're saying through them. But it wasn't through them. It was through Jesus Christ using Peter and John like he uses you and me where we can't take the credit, but all the credit goes to who? To Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Because it goes on to say a miracle has been done through them. It is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. Notice what he says. We cannot deny it. They saw it. How could you deny something you see? Standing before all these people, recognizing him, I knew him, and he was crippled. Now he's walking around. Verse 17, but so that it spread no further. Notice they didn't want the miracle to be spread any longer. Let's put a stop to it, he says. Here's the warning. And so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them. They wanted to kill them. That from now on, they speak to no man in his name. We want you to keep quiet and don't say Jesus the Messiah did this. They didn't want his name mentioned. He says, if you mention it, we're going to kill you. In verse 18, and so they, the leaders... Call John and Peter and commanded them not to speak at all, nor to teach in the name of Jesus Christ. How can you do that when your heart burns? When your heart burns, how can you say, I can't speak about Jesus anymore? They're threatening them. And Peter and John, it's burning in their hearts that not only God has done this, but what God is going to do in the future with other people as he heals them, as he calls them, as he converts them. The power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. As he came upon Peter, upon John, and they could speak the word of God in power. And teach the word of God in power. And to touch people with the power of the Holy Spirit. It burned deep within them. Verse 19. But Peter and John answered and said to them, so here they come. The boldness now of the Holy Spirit. Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. We're going to do what God wants us to do, and you guys can do what you want to do. Rebuking them. Their boldness. Notice that. Christians should obey. We should obey government authority. But when the government comes to put something in our lives that is not really biblical or it's biblical and we are sitting there with the word of God and they're saying that we can't do what the God of word says that's when I disobey the government we have to do what God's word says they told him to shut up they didn't shut up they wouldn't preach the gospel he goes on he says in verse 18 again and they call them and command them not to speak at all and or teach in the name of Jesus but Peter and John put your name in there but Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than unto the judge, judge it for yourselves, for we cannot speak the things which we have seen and we've heard. Notice that. Burning deep within our hearts. Deep within our hearts. When God's truth settles comfortably into your heart, it's easy to become spiritually complacent and allow your flame of passion for sharing the gospel to grow cold. 
But as you reflect today on the boldness of Peter and John, we hope you'll look for new ways to proactively share your faith. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Today's program is available to you in its entirety for a donation of $5 or more. To get that, simply call us at 800-634-9165 and ask for today's teaching from Acts chapter 4. We'd also like to equip you with Rawls' four-part study of the Holy Spirit. Available on either CD or flash drive, this series will clarify the Spirit's role in your life as a believer and provide biblical assurance that God can use you mightily when you make yourself available to carry out His will. To order Rawls' four-message Holy Spirit study, visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. We'll send your USB drive for a gift of $12 or the CD collection for $19. That's 800-634-9165. You can also write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Every contribution you make to Somebody Loves You Radio is used carefully to help reach more people with the gospel. Thanks so much for your partnership. Next time, as we return to the book of Acts, we invite you to join us for a thought-provoking look at the destructive fallout of spiritual hypocrisy. We'll see how one couple attempted to fool God with a surface display of devotion and suffered astounding consequences. With a final comment, here's Raul. Remember Jeremiah said that his heart burned within him? The Word of God burned in his heart? That's what happens with the Word of God. It burns in my heart, and it burns in my heart, and it burns in my heart. And what does God do? He gives you the boldness to tell people about Jesus. We all need to be bold. We all need burning hearts so that we can do what God has called us to do. Burning, burning hearts. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.